Father, we know that you're here with us. And Father, we know that you desire to speak to us and for us to speak with you and for us to have relationship. And Father, we are a group of people that believe that you speak. We do not believe that this is a one-way relationship, but that, Father, you are with us in the middle of everything that we are in, and that, Father, you have something to say about it. So we just take the time now, Father, to hear you. We take the time to listen. And if you wish to speak, Father, we humble ourselves to hear your voice for the body. In Jesus' name. If you have a word, picture, a sense, go to the microphones, please, so we can hear it and uh, record it. When the children of Israel were caught between Pharaoh's army and the Red Sea, God said to Moses, tell my people to stand still and see the salvation of God. See, see, see. Don't you see? Like Bill just said. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I will make you a light in dark places. Lord, I need your strength. I need your strength to deliver that which you have me to deliver, Lord. And I need your kindness in your heart, especially the Comforter and the Holy Ghost. The Lord, lift up the hands that hang down. Walk no longer in fear, for the darkness has come over the land. The darkness has come over the land. I am the same. I am the same today, yesterday, and forever. It is not a new thing with me. All of this is what I see and I ordain. I have set your feet on this path, this path. Be, be courageous and stand and do not cringe and do not hide under things that man would give you to hide under. Do not, do not. He assails you. You are assailed, not of God. God assails no one. God is for you. God has everything for you. He has prosper, prosperity for you. 
the Lord says this. Check it out in my word, says the Lord. If you do not believe me, go to my word. This world is in the shape it's in because they have not gone to my word and have turned their back on it, even this nation, even this continent. But the payment time is coming, and I am going to judge that which needs to be judged, and I'm going to reward that which needs to be rewarded. So be courageous, for I am the Lord your God, and I change not. Victory is mine, saith the Lord. The path may be dark. There may be many stones upon the way. But I am with you. I purchased your redemption. I, the Lord your God, am a victor. The victory has been won. The war has been fought. Fear not, little children, for I, the Lord your God, am your victory. What are you waiting? What are you waiting? I hear the Spirit of the Lord is asking some of us, what are you waiting? I only expect a simple step of faith from you. You have all that I have given to you to do all that I call you to do. You just need to step one step at a time. But you find yourself weary and tired because you are running on the spot. You've been moving, but on the same spot. That's why you're tired. You're worried. You're not making progress. But let's take one step in front of you and have the faith that I am with you and I will walk with you, and I will lead and guide you. I'm just right before you, and I will be behind you. Take a step of faith. Wow. There's a lot here. How many feel that they've been walking in some darkness? God spoke about darkness twice today said that he is going to be a light in dark places. Jerry mentioned that darkness has come upon the land and that we have been called to be a light in dark places. Well, that dark place is right now. It is right now. And he's encouraging us and telling us over and over again that God is for you. There's prosperity for you. Now, we know, I'll tell you, the, the, mo- the best prosperity you and I can have is to know that God's with us and to be able to believe that. Regardless of what's happening in our life, that's prosperity. And God is saying that that is the situation. 
and that we need to go to the word. These, these are not new things. You guys know these things. I know these things. But God is reassuring us that if we will stand on his word, that these things are going to happen. They are going to happen. If we stand on the word, if we stand on what God says, there is nothing, there's nothing, um, if we're looking for a big rah-rah and, you know, and listen, <laughs> I would love to have some rah-rah. I really would love to have some rah-rah right now. Uh, as you know, some of you know, uh, I've been very open with you that I have, through my whole adult life, dealt with a very debilitating anxiety disorder. And it resurrected itself recently. And so that's why I wasn't here last week. Um, and it's welcome to the war. And you want to talk about darkness. That's darkness. And I'd love to have rah-rah. But the world has changed. The situations have changed. There's a bigger thing afoot. There's something going on in the world that man does not understand right now. There is something happening to the planet that has never happened before. I think there's a time for rah-rah, but I also think there's a time for serious warfare. Because no one's guaranteed to make it if they don't do these things. But God is saying, if you believe these things, if you will walk in these things, I am guaranteeing you that you're going to come through. You may be in a dark place. Welcome to the war. I hate it. You know, picture a battle going on in the time of Jesus, in the time of David. They weren't sitting in some little booth somewhere taking a drone over and dropping a 500-pound bomb on somebody, seeing it explode, and then going to Wendy's. That is not the way, that's the way war is fought now. That is not the way it was fought when the Bible was written. People had to go down, face their enemy, face to face. And sometimes there were thousands, hundreds of thousands, all in a scrum fighting. And it's pretty hard at that point when you see this monster of a person coming at you, and you're fighting for your life with this person while someone else is fighting for their life right here. And then, and then someone you love very dearly is being killed right over here. And then you see your, your, someone else getting a victory over there. It's mass confusion. Complete confusion. It's very hard at that point to be able to have that overall view, to look down and know that of the 100,000 that are on your side and the 100,000 that are on their side that you are actually moving forward. It's very hard to see that when you have a seven-foot crazy man coming at you with a, with a sword. But God sees down. He's telling us today what's going to happen. You might be in the heat of the battle. And if you're not, praise God. Because if we were all in the heat of what I've been in, and maybe some of you have been in, we'd all be here flat in our face. But God knows what we're able to take. But our time will come. But what God is saying is that 
with this darkness that we find ourselves in. I can't get away from the word darkness. That there is a darkness coming upon the land. And I, I, I hate to go there. Many of you don't know it, but Lord of the Rings, which was written by a Christian and has some of the best spiritual warfare metaphors that have ever been put down on paper. And when you look at the, the darkness that was overtaking the land, that is what is happening to the earth right now. Now, is that a discouraging and negative thing? No, it's a wonderful thing because God says when this happens, look up for your redemption draws nigh. He's actually saying you should be celebrating right now because it means Jesus is one day closer. That he is one day closer. You not having to come to that microphone and, and encourage and say the same thing over and over again. And I will never tire of it and you should never tire of it. And God will never tire of telling us that he's with us. He will never tire of that. But the day will come where you won't have to face anything. You won't have to face the worry of this and the worry of that and the physical ailments and the mental health issues like I've been going through. There is a day coming where you won't have to deal with that anymore. But for a short little time, we're here in the darkness. And God said this morning that we are going to be a light in the darkness. In your weakness. He said, in your weakness will we be strong. God does not expect you to be some kind of triumphant, valiant Robin Hood running through the earth, passing out gifts and joys to man. What he's calling us to be is a light in the darkness. Sometimes it's our own darkness and other people's darkness. And what that looks like is what you are doing today. Here. You came here. You get up. And you came here. For some of us, it was a struggle to come here this morning. But yet in our weakness of whatever it is you're suffering, whatever is telling you that you will not make it, whatever is telling you that God is not with you, whatever is telling you that God has somehow abandoned you and the promises are not for you, that is a lie. And God's telling us this morning that. He's saying that is not the truth. I am with you. I'm here. And I'm going to stay with you because God said it. He said, there ain't no demon in hell. There ain't no angel in heaven. There is no man-made thing. There is no physical situation. There is nothing that's going to separate you from the love that God has in you. There's something you need to understand. Jesus Christ lives in you. So when you're being assailed with anxiety, with depression, with illness, with fear, with threat, whatever it is you're feeling, Jesus is feeling it too because he is in you. Jerry said that a couple weeks ago. He said, you don't have to look up to the sky. You don't have to look down. I am in you. So what's happening to you is happening to Jesus. He's in it with you. He isn't standing back looking and just going, Hmm, nah, I don't know. I remember when my wife was having her first child. Well, our first child. It wasn't her first. It was my, or our first child. Um, and she, and I don't know what it means, but they said the baby wouldn't come around the bend. I have no idea what that means. I don't want to know what that means. But all I know is it was very painful for Sandra. And she wanted an epidural. Is that what it's called? And... Um, I never forget it. The doctor standing there looking at her at the end of the bed going, nah, I don't think so. 
I went, that is the height of misogynist male domination right there. That's what that is. And I said, look at how, but of course it was too late for her to have one, I guess, or whatever. And, and, and you know what happened? I'll tell you what happened. I got scared and I said, Father, you designed this process, make it work. She had the baby 20 minutes later. Jesse came out so strong, he actually caught her on the doctor's arm. I said, well, there, it's working now. But, so, but Jesus is not standing back and going, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'll help here. That is not your God. And I know that you feel it at times. Psalm 27 says, even if my mother and father abandon me, my God will not abandon me. This is a promise for you this morning. There are incredible things coming on the earth. If we knew it, we would run and hide and never come out. But the fact is, God is warning us way ahead of time. If nothing else in this church, and we have many things, but if nothing else, we have the prophetic voice of God in this church. And God is over giving us the cheat sheets of saying, here's how you handle it. Here's what you have to remember. Here's what you have to do. Get in that word and know even in, I don't care if you crawl through that door. You are still victorious in Jesus. I don't care if you're going down into the fire with like the three boys in the Old Testament, a testament, Abednego and Shadrach and thank Meshach. I always get them mixed up. But they said, even if you don't deliver me, I still know that you are God. And I still trust that you are God. So I don't, it doesn't matter in what state of weakness you are. The strength of Almighty God is within that weakness because it's in you. He is in you, it. He is in you. And you are in him and Jesus is in Christ. You are inextricably bound up with God. You cannot escape God. Your very fiber is with God. You, you, you can run as far as you want. You can think whatever you want, but God has bound himself to you in a way that cannot, it cannot be undone. Now, feelings will tell us that it's undone. Feelings will try to tell us. The enemy will try to tell us. Circumstances will try to tell us. But the fact is, when Jesus came into your life and you came into Christ, there was a destiny put in place that will not, cannot, and never will be changed as long as we do these things. And God is so graceful every week telling us that, hey, I'm with you. Aha, I'm with you. You just sit on the word. Sit and ruminate about the word. I, someone said something about rocks this morning. And it's a beautiful confirmation because God had showed me in the middle of what I was going through, and it's been going on for the last month and about the last six weeks. And in the darkest and hardest times where you're holding on to every bit of little truth you can find because your brain and your spirit, your brain and your emotions and your body is telling you that you are gone. This is it. This is the one that's going to take you out. Saw that picture of me groping and just finding the next rock and finding the next rock, and finding the next rock. And also, as journaling, and God showed me that there's going to be rocks in the way, but I'm going to weave you around them. And then someone stands up this morning and says, there'll be rocks in the road. Is that a coincidence? No, it's not a coincidence. 
God's speaking to us. So, uh, Rhonda, I will read this uh, and, and send it out. But I want to say something quickly. How many, first of all, resonate with what's being said today? Because if you're here, God's speaking this to you. He's speaking it to me, too. But he's also speaking it to you. You're here for a reason. This is not a mistake. Someone didn't just drag you into church this morning. You're here because God is trying to tell you that he loves you. And he has a, people say that God has a plan for our life. And, and we, we've tried to sell Jesus with this good plan that he has for your life. We've tried to turn Jesus into a commodity. That he's got this wonderful plan for your life and you're going to succeed and you're going, you know what? That is true on many levels. It is true. But Jesus also, he also put a little caveat in there too, didn't he? You guys who know your Bible, what did he say? But in this life, trouble. And you know what happens? You think your trouble is something that is beyond what Jesus was talking about. Jesus couldn't have been talking about this. Oh, yes, he could have. And when I was in the darkest of it, when I was in the very darkest of it in the last month and a half, I don't think you can really say that you've entered into the fullness of the sufferings of Christ until you have, with every fiber in you, feel that God has abandoned you. That is a very, very dark place. And it is a place that Jesus went for you and I. But what did he say? He said, you would drink from my cup. So if you're having those emotions and you're having those feelings, understand that this can be part of those trials and these troubles. Is it easy? It's absolutely impossible. And I want to talk today about what fixes that. If you could go to the slide there, Corwin. And great to have you back, Corwin. Um, I'm going to steal your testimony, but we've been praying for Corwin to get a job. Um, He's uh, got a geology degree, and uh, not easy to get jobs in that field. But uh, you know what? You've got a placement here in Halifax, which is miraculous. It's so wonderful. And I want to say something else. I'm going to go somewhere with this. The Bible says that for the first year of marriage, that a husband and wife should be together, right? You guys who know your Old Testament know that in ancient Israel, the soldiers were allowed to uh, stay away from army and battle, battle and all that for a year, for the first year of their marriage. Why? Because God values marriage, and he knows it's the very fiber of our society, so he wanted that good bonding. It's so interesting that Corwin did not get a job for the first year. It, Steph, it must have been just close to your anniversary. Well, it was your anniversary because you, you, they weren't together on their anniversary because he got a placement out in B.C. for a while. And all, right at the year, boom, it opens up. I don't know. I just kind of like that. I just think that's kind of neat, right? But uh, we can go to that slide, Corwin. I think, did I put up a title? No, no, not that. Back, all the way back. There we go. Beautiful. Who is carrying your cross? A couple of scriptures, Matthew 27, 32. Along the way, they came across a man named Simeon who was from Serene, and the soldiers forced him to carry Jesus' cross. 
And then Matthew 26, then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And he said, sit here while I go over there to pray. And he took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. And he told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. This is a powerful reality that you and I need to get a hold of. Some of you are living this. Some of you have lived this. But what's so stunning to me about this piece of scripture is two of Jesus' most anguished and tortured moments, he needed help. He needed help. For you that have a theology that Jesus was walking around in some kind of God state, we're wrong on that. And I know there's a great divide about that. What part was man? What part was God? This part was man for sure. And he needed help. He did not want to be alone in the garden. Jesus, the man, was in such anguish that he thought it was going to kill him. He already knew. He already knew what was coming, but it was the anguish of expecting it, the anguish of it coming, the thought of it happening, all of that stuff. Brought, he thought, and I don't think he was using hyperbole at the time. I think he was honest when he said to his disciples, I actually think I'm not going to make it through this. I think I'm going to die. It's the anguish of it was so bad. And when Jesus couldn't carry his cross... God provided Simeon, provided a black man from Africa. I love it. I love it. God knew, Jesus knew what was coming, didn't he? Oh, he knew what was coming. He knew the foolishness we were going to, the horrible things we were going to do to women in his name treating them like second-class citizens and and property, but finding some scripture and using it stupidly. He saw what we would do to black people and pick some scriptures and use them stupidly. And what does he do? The first person that sees him resurrected is a woman. The first one with the message to the disciples that he is risen, a woman. If God can trust women, I think we can. Women, we are all equal in Christ. We are all equal in Christ. And God knew what we were going to do. And I just love the fact that in this case, he used a woman and then he used a black man from Africa, not just a, you know someone who was dark from around there. He was from uh, Cyrene, which is the Horn of Africa. Oh, and listen, trust me, the black man's day is coming. It's already here. It's already here. God said that he would support and lift up the oppressed. Get ready. Get ready. If I was a black person, and I think I am somewhere, (laughs) I'm a bad wannabe, but anyway, but I can dance. I can dance. At three years old, my daughter Emma looked at me with, for no reason at all, some company had come. She had never seen them before. And at three years old, she looked up and said, this is my black daddy. 
Now, I've been with the Jeffreys for 40 years. And they know that, you know, when I say that, they go, oh, listen, black people have enough problems, Keith. We don't need you in the middle of it thinking you're a black man. But nonetheless, I am taking it wherever I can get it and believing for the best. But Jesus, who walked in faith beyond our comprehension, I mean, when you think of the level of faith that he walked in, the things that he endured and what he went through, yet he asked his disciples to support him and be with him in this grieving time of trial and death. If I had not had the body of Christ around me in the last month, six weeks, I do not know where I would be. All I'll say is it was bad enough I had to go to the hospital. But I was with people, honestly, I mean, without Tony and Margaret, I really don't know where I would have been. And I, poor Tony's getting phone calls and trying to, you know, keep me going and keep me going in a straight line. And without the body and other people who've prayed, there have been significant people who've prayed, the prayer group downstairs, who would send me little things that they got journaling or they would send all the confirmations of Scripture. It was amazing what has happened over the last six weeks. And I'm not out of the woods yet, but I'm here. And you may not be out of the woods yet either, but you're here. And the church may not be out of the woods yet, but it's here. And God said this morning that we are going to be a light in darkness. And how do we be a light in darkness? By this. Because 20 minutes ago, 30 minutes ago, I was downstairs wondering if I could even do this. But if we take that step of faith, that's what Sophia was prophesying. If we'll take that step of faith that is saying, you can't do that. God isn't with you. Look at the state you're in. Look at what you have to offer. Look at how weak you are. And God is saying, no, 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 no. You take one step. There's something about talking about the promises of God and believing the promises of God and and prophesying the promises of God. There's another thing about, there's another step where you actually step out into them. And you go, well, I don't care what is being said. And I'm not just going to stand here and speak scripture i'm actually going to do something faith is a is an action it's not a feeling it's not an emotion faith is most often an action sometimes the action is just praying and believing in spite of it and trust me i've had my face in my hands over this last six weeks where all i could do is just grab a few scriptures and hold on to them that's faith but also sometimes there's that faith that says go ahead i'm with you go ahead Keep going, keep going, even in your weakness. So powerful, even a small step. And it's another confirmation that I got yesterday I was praying about small steps. So don't make big steps, make small ones. Psalm 18. What are we learning here? We are learning about the need that we have for each other. Psalm 18, 16 to 17 says something. He, meaning God, reached down from heaven and rescued me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemies, from those who hated me and were too strong for me. 
Don't be discouraged because you're up against something that's too strong for you. You can't take it. You can't do it by yourself. That doesn't mean that you failed. That doesn't mean that you are somehow out of the will and the possibilities of God. God is saying, no, there are times that it is too much for you. And at that point, what do we do? We go to the body. Hopefully we go to the body before that. Paul tells us about that great deliverance that he had in Asia. I spoke about it a couple weeks ago. And he said that part of the victory of him coming through that was through the prayers from the body of believers. He said it like this in 2 Corinthians 1, 10 to 11. And he, meaning God, did rescue us from mortal danger and he will rescue us again. He ha- we have placed our confidence in him and he will continue to rescue us. I cannot describe to you how hard that is to do sometimes when you are in the middle of incredible stress and struggle and physical uh, challenges. It is an incredibly difficult thing to do. There's nothing easy about this. And you are helping us by praying for us. Then many people will give thanks because God has graciously answered your prayers for our safety. The reason I am here today is because somebody over the last six weeks was praying for me. And sometimes we don't like showing our need. We just, we don't like doing it, right? But it's in our weakness that God is made strong. It is in the humbling of the situations that God lifts us up. And sometimes humility to ask for help is hard to come by. But God is saying this morning, I'm with you that I am with you in the dark place. It's a wonderful scripture that says, God makes darkness his hiding place. And there are times that you can't find him. You can't find him. It's too dark. It's just too dark. You can't find him, right? And, but he's there. He's there. You find him in, you can't hear him, it's silent. You can't hear him, but he's there. And so what I wanted to do today is in this, there's some cards there. And um, sometimes we need prayer. And I think sometimes we don't know where to go. We don't know what to do. We have somebody, hopefully. But what I want to ask this, this morning is that if you're willing to be a prayer partner to somebody, now if your dance card is all filled up and you're praying for 19 people now, I would suggest not to go to Tony and Margaret because I've got them full-time. Like, they, this is a full-time job. Um, but if you have space in your heart and in your spirit and you feel that you're in a place that you could help somebody, I want you to come and just write your name and your email, whatever you want to put there, your text, whatever it is, and just put it in that black jar. And for you that, and we're going to leave that jar there forever. Um, And if you feel that you need someone to pray for you, if you just you just want to take it just in case you need somebody to pray for you. Just dip in there and take that, that card out. And whoever you get is the one that God, don't be looking either. 
Don't you be doing that. Oh, I'm going to get them to pray for me. And, uh, and you'd be surprised who God might work through. The person you least expect might be the one. And I want you to, <clears throat> you know, take that name. And when you have those moments, days, weeks, months like I've had, and you just call them. And it doesn't have to be, you don't have to tell them the whole tired story like I've said to Tony for hours on the phone. But you may just be, help me. Or you might want to talk. And, and if you're willing to do that, set the proper boundaries. Because, you know, we're not psychologists and we're not doctors. And, but we are brothers and sisters. And we have the great physician within us. So you never know the little thing you might be able to say, the little thing that you might be able to encourage that will get someone through. I tell you, in the last six week, it, weeks, it's been at times moment by moment. And someone would send me, this happened, this actually happened. I'm walking in, in the house. I don't know if you've had severe anxiety, but you're walking back and forth. And all of the horrible scenarios are going, you know it, Reg. All the horrible thoughts going through your head. All of that stuff is going through. And I said, Father, I said, if you, I know I don't want to say this, but I'm just saying, boy, if I wish you'd just send somebody to say something to me right now. I need it right now. I said, but you don't have to, Lord, because I know that you're here with me anyway. I know you are, but boy, just something. Two people got in touch within the next 15 minutes. Just saying, how are you doing? How, how are you? And I was able to just share a little bit, and they just prayed. Was that God? And if you're walking through life today without that in your life, if you're walking today without Jesus in your life, you are walking with a deficit. Because God did that for me. And he'll do it for you. But so many people are walking with a deficit. And so God comes and he answers and he lets us know that he's here with us. And then you've got a little bit more to go on that day. Another thing out of the blue. Uh, worst, one of the worst nights a couple of weeks ago. I get a call on my phone. It's Jimmy from Cuba. He's never called me before. It's very expensive to have anyone call from Cuba. And Jimmy doesn't have a lot of money. He said, Keith, I just needed to call because I felt something was wrong. Is that God? I think that's God. And you get on the phone, you talk, you say a little prayer, and you feel good. And guess what? An hour later, you're right back in it. But for two hours, you were okay. I'll take two hours. Sometimes it's hour by hour, day by day. But you are not abandoned. And just because you are experiencing something that is beyond your estimation of what God should allow does not mean that God is not in it with you. Jesus got to that point and screamed. It said he screamed. The actual language there is he screamed. Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? And you know what? If Jesus can scream it, so can you. But yet in the end, he said, Father... Into your hands I commend my spirit. He still said, even if I can't see you, perceive you, 
in any way understand this situation. I still know you are my father. He didn't say Lord. He said Father. This is a powerful place. And it is a place from which victory comes. It is a place where deliverance comes. It is a place where healing comes. Because what happened three days later? Jesus rose from the dead. And you will rise from whatever it is that you were in. Whatever it is that comes at you. You will rise again. You will come out of it. You've come out of it before. And you're going to come out of it again. The only person who's going to take you out of this race is God. He's the only one who's going to say, it is finished. Not a condition. Not a devil. Not an economy. Not a disease. That's not what governs your life. The Lord Christ Almighty is who governs your life. And he will say when it is finished. And if you're here today, guess what? It's not finished. And he will give us what we need to go from there. So that's what I want to do with that. And we can, uh, just after the service, um, you can just come up and do that. If you want to put your name in there, um, please do so. And I'm sure that God uh, will use it. And we need to be respectful of the people we're asking to pray for us. We can't be calling them nine times a day. Uh, You know, we have to be respectful. But you'll work those parameters out. But I just, we need each other. We need, we will not make it without each other. And I know some people are lone rangers. They don't like, you know, telling anybody they don't like that. And I understand that. But in this case, if you're a lone ranger, grab somebody to be your sidekick and to pray you through whatever may be happening or going on. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father God, that you are here with us today and you are speaking to us. I thank you, Father, that your truth is here with us today. And you've spoken truth to your people today. Father, we may not be out of the situation, but, Father, we may have a different perspective. And, Father, I just pray, first of all, for anyone going through struggle right now, We heard the word darkness here today, Father God, and we saw the hands that went up that Father God said they are dealing with darkness. And we also heard about the light, Father God, that you would bring, that Father God, we would be a light in a dark place. I pray for those right now who are suffering in a sense of darkness. Lord, I pray like as the night comes and you wanted us to know father god and you put it in the heavens so we would always be reminded that we would never be without light you put the stars and the moon up there to remind us that you would never be we would never be without light so father i pray this morning i pray deliverance and healing and strength one more step the power of your word to come true in their life the power of your promises to somehow be able to be held on to and believed and brought into our lives and into the darkness. Father, I pray this morning. I believe you're here to do that. And Father, we pray for healing, for the healing of your body, mind, and soul. Father, 
We do believe in breakthrough. Bill and I were talking about breakthrough. We believe that there are breakthroughs coming, Father God. Breakthroughs in people's lives. Breakthrough into you, Father God. And the victory that is you. And we pray it this morning. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Go ahead, Jerry. I saw it. Yeah, go ahead. You were talking about the word, the Bible, and God in it and in us. And I sat there in just ever so short a time. The Lord showed me my Bible, which I have restored. It's fallen apart. And uh, I made new covers, and I bound it again. And I'm, that has a special meaning. My wife gave it to me when I was saved. And that's the one I use. But that's just me. But I saw... God's glory. Surrounding the Bible, that Bible, not just that one, is showing me that his glory is in that Bible and it's surrounding it. And we, we can we can look at it and we can concentrate on him and we can see his glory in that word. Amen. It's coming. It's radiating from it. It's. All of our light is emanating from there. There's where the light is coming from. It's not coming from the sun. That's just <coughs> incidental. But that word is not incidental. And he also showed me something else there, and I'll, I'll finish this quick. Um, why these men fell asleep when he was at Gethsemane. God, and this I got out of the depths of the word. It came out of the depths of the word. It's many faceted. It goes in every direction. That scripture that he had no one there to support him was on purpose because had God allowed them men to be awake, he would have had to make thrones for them too for helping him through this. He had to go through every single thing that every single person is going to go through on this earth before and after. So that's, that's what I got from that. Thank you, Jerry. Yeah, it's beautiful. The word, I know that we're, we're what they call the evangelical church, charismatic church or whatever. I, I don't pay any attention to them anymore, the, the titles. It's just irrelevant. Um, when you're in a battle, you're a Christian. Thank you very much. And we need every bit of everything that is Jesus. But... The word of God, the word of God, friends, is all that we have. Feelings will fail us. People will fail us. Systems will fail us. It's the word of God. And um, uh, it's just, um, anyone else have anything? Bill, Bill, come up to the mic. If you. The word vulnerable keeps coming to me. And I believe it has to do... We, we know the 23rd Psalm, but yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The, the shadow of death and, and that valley, 
was when the shepherd was taking his sheep up to greener pastures. Uh, but it was also the time when they were the most vulnerable uh, from attack, from lions and bears and wolves and everything. And, and so we know that the shepherd had the rod and the staff, uh, the rod to beat off the uh, animals, but the staff. So what would happen is the sheep sometime would, would fall over the cliff, or at least they would stumble, and then the hook of that staff would bring them up. So understanding that it's in the dark times when we're going to come under attack, meaning to say the lion will roar at us, that the, all of these things will come at us because the devil knows that when we come through this, we're going to be stronger, we're going to be more powerful. So yes, we are vulnerable, but, but God is going to bring us through. And, and, and as Job said, uh, my faith will be tested and I'll, I will come forth like gold. But just that word vulnerable. So understanding that if you're going through something now and you're in a dark place, you're vulnerable to the enemy, but God is going to make sure that you get through this. Yeah, it, it's a mystery, isn't it? It is a mystery, and thank you for Psalm 23. Uh, I mean, I'm smiling at Tony and Heather because God has uh, used that uh, quite amazingly over the last month uh, for me. Um, but it is a mystery how the enemy's latitude, what he's allowed to do and not allowed to do, we don't know the governing of that. We don't know how it works um, totally. We obviously know that he can do some things that we just go, wow, darn, hope that doesn't happen again. Um, but uh, at the same time, God is saying, I I'm in the middle of this with you. I am in it with you. And uh, so it's the rod and the staff, both protection and guidance. That's the rod and the staff, protection and guidance, rescue. It's beautiful, Bill. There's a whole sermon in that. Anyone else have any thoughts? Okay, Grace. Today is Thanksgiving, and every day we should be giving thanks for the Lord is good and his mercies endure forever. Yes. So we need to give it every day, not just one day of the week or yes. the year. Yes, there's something very powerful to, forgive, to uh, thankfulness. The Bible says, in all things be thankful. And you know, it's interesting, Paul said that, said, in all things be thankful, and he was talking about difficult stuff, difficult times. He also said, I'll glory in my weakness. When I journaled and asked God whether or not I should be speaking this Sunday, uh, I said, because I'm probably going to be speaking in, out of weakness. He said, yeah. Paul was constantly talking about how weak he was. He talked about the illness, the physical illness he had with Galatians and whatever that was was so bad that he said that it was a trial. There's different translations to what that word means, but it was really, in some cases, the translation says that it was just offensive to him, to the Galatians, whatever it was, some kind of disease, and it was really a trial for them. And he had all those other things, the one that he said he asked God to take away and God never took it away uh, three times. We, he had that one. And had all of these things. And he would be very freely telling the body about it. 
He was not trying to be a super apostle at all. He was actually talking more about his weakness. Only once did he talk about the revelations and all his callings, and he actually called himself a fool for doing it. He said, I'm foolish for telling you this and talking like this, but I have to based on, you know, what you're saying. So there's nothing wrong with weakness. There's nothing wrong with brokenness. There's nothing wrong with any of it. Look at David. David, the whole book of Psalms. My heavens. So don't ever feel that somehow sharing a weakness or sharing difficulty is somehow some kind of spiritual failure. It is actually the victory. Anyone else before we move on? Well, praise God. I want one last thing. Anyone here today need to accept Jesus or re, re, re-enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ? I think there is. I'm not saying that because I, I, I saw someone come through the door and, oh, I think they need to. That's not it. I just feel that God is calling somebody or a group of people to start walking with him in a more serious and a more committed manner. Just going to ask you to bow your heads. It's a sacred moment. Father, if there is anybody here this morning that you are calling and you are saying to them, now is the time to make your decision to be more committed to me. Now is the time for you to invite Jesus into your life more deeply. It's a time to return to the path that you know is the right path. Father, right now I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to those hearts right now. God's saying, I know all the wrongs and I know everything that you've done wrong and all the things that are coming to your mind, but I've forgiven you because I love you. So, Father, for those, if you just want to show a hand or something so we can just pray, it's only going to be me looking, but. You just want. A deeper, there's something that you're just feeling God calling you deeper. Yep. Yep. Father, for those that have raised their hand this morning, Father, I speak a blessing upon them. Lord, you said you would never turn anyone away. You would never do that. And Father, as the heart today of these people has been spoken to, And they are responding, Father, this is powerful. This is a a transitional day. And Father, I pray that Holy Spirit, you would visit them, speak to them, guide them in a new way. Uh, There's God's really going to make a way in someone's life here this morning. I know we've been saying that all along, but I think it more specific that there's a whole bunch of rubble in front of you. It looks like everything is just a mess. And you really don't know how you're going to get through this mess. It's like a wall has fallen down, a big brick-like stone wall. And God's saying, don't you worry. I'm going to weave you through this, through it, up, and over it. Um, you'll, go, you'll experience the dysfunction of it and everything, but you're going to get up and over it and through it. And, Father, we thank you for these promises. But, Father, for those that have raised their hand, we ask, Holy Spirit, come. Guide them in the walk. 
Let it be a true touching of you to them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, we'll take up an offering. If you want to go into that, uh, Corin, that'd be great.